0: Some of the words, we bring the kingdom come. You know, we, we pray, as Jesus taught us, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we are the ones who bring the kingdom. Uh, we, we pray it, but then we live it. And we bring the kingdom wherever we go, because the king is inside of us and in our lives. And if we're, if we're making him the Lord of our life, then we bring his kingdom wherever we go. We, we touch people with the king. Um, the kingdom of God is all about love. And you'll notice one of those doors is you. Each one of us is a door of God's love coming into the earth. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and the word became flesh. The Word and what is God is love. And His love became flesh and dwelt among us and revealed the Father's love. And so it is He gave us the commission and the indwelling presence of His Spirit to be that expression of love to the world. So every one of you is a door. I think that's so exciting to to realize after we wake up in the morning, you know, uh. <laughs> but we wake up and we, we we begin to kind of get composed. You know, ladies put on their makeup, guys do a few exercises <laughs> and eat, and uh, and then we kind of get our heads together and get our life composed for the day. You might say, but part of our composure is recognizing who we are and who we bring, and that, hey, like Ivano says to me, when you get out of bed, the devil says, (laughs) the devil says, oh, nuts, (laughs) he's up. I think that's great. Well, we've been looking at becoming Christians who clearly and accurately represent Jesus to the world around us. And that's our desire, that's our ambition, that's our cry. It's becoming to be our prayer. Lord, help me accurately and completely and clearly represent you, Lord Jesus. There's a concept that uh, Dennis Peacock shared with us years ago, and I think it's so, so um, accurate. You know the, the Bible has different words. He calls us, God calls us the light of the world, he calls us the salt of the earth, light in darkness, salt in no salt. <laughs> um, but there's a concept that we are being sown in the Bible. We're being sown into the world. We are sown into the world, and the concept of we are sown in a specific place in a specific family, the Long Sign family, or the Briton family, or Tim's family, or whatever family you were placed in, and then you're married, so you're a new family, and you're you're planted together. And it's it's like you're in a garden, and where you're planted in the garden involves your and um I'm I think I have a slide that talks about this. You're planted in the garden. Yep, there you go. So your garden is where you go to school, where you live, who you live with, where you shop, Safeway, Starbucks, yay. Red Robin, Denny's, <laughs> McDonald's, Burger King. Fred Meyer, Payless Shoes, Lowe's, Ben Franklin. (laughs) Yeah, wherever you go in your community. And in Monroe, we have a pretty well-defined, bordered garden that we're kind of in. Like other cities, they are spread and bleed together. But we have a pretty defined garden. The Galaxy Theater. How many remember Carl from the Galaxy Theater? He was in our garden. Come on. And everywhere we go in our garden, the YMCA, Lake Ty, sports teams, everywhere we go in our gardens, we have an opportunity to be the door of His love. We have an opportunity to share Him in In loving acts. And I would say God's plan is a show and tell operation. And we think of show and tell when we were little kindergartners, but really, our our life in the Lord is just show and tell. It's like, show the love of Christ in practical ways, and then tell as God opens the door to tell the good news. Um, So Last week, we were challenged with some important questions. Uh, one of them was, in what ways do we make it easy or difficult for people in our garden? We'll, we'll throw in that. That wasn't in there last week, but or two weeks ago, or whenever it was. In our garden, in what ways do we make it easy or difficult for people in our garden to get to Jesus through us? And in what ways are we perhaps misrepresenting Jesus? Those are very serious questions. And, you know, God God really wants to sift our hearts. He wants to, through His Word, the Scripture says, He reveals the intentions of our heart, the motives of our heart. He, He reveals where we're at. And we looked at two ways last week that... we we make it difficult for people. One is religious legalism and the other one was hypocritical lawlessness. Another big way is that we don't recognize the people God loves. We don't recognize them and we don't show up or pursue those people that God loves. We, We just don't get involved. We don't when you go through the grocery store, you just have your walls up. You don't talk to anybody. The clerk, you just basically get your credit card ready or whatever, and you don't engage. And I don't engage. I'll I'll put it in first person. I don't engage sometimes. And uh, if if you're if you are like absent from people's lives. People aren't going to touch Jesus through you. you. You are absent from people's lives by being there, but not being there. It's like you're there, but you're not engaging in your garden, in your pathway, the people that God has put. So, Jesus said that he came to seek and to save who? That which was lost. People who are lost and don't have direction and are just hurting. And we're to do the same thing, to seek those that are lost. But in order to seek those that are lost, we've got to engage. We, we've got to recognize who's in our garden and begin to, to speak to them and, and see, be interested in them and ask them about stuff and just get to know them. And they need to get to know us. Um, we we are absent from people's lives because we're not praying and we're not hearing the Father's voice to go after certain people. Because the the Holy Spirit is, I mean, He's the master of orchestration and alignment and opening doors and showing and lights on. There she is. She needs you. <laughs> but if we're not... If we if we don't recognize that and remember that, we won't we won't see the lights that are on. We're like de- looking down at ourselves. That's not going to help other people. Scripture says, "Christ in you, the hope of glory." Colossians one twenty seven says that you know Christ in, is in you, and He's the hope of glory. And uh, remember what John one said. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory of the Father. So it's like the light of Christ's love comes through us. He's in you, but we've got to let it out. We've got to be there and and let it out. God is in you. And uh, Philippians 2.13 says, He's in you to will and to do, according to his good purpose. He God is at work, God who is at work in you to will and to do, to show you his will and to help you to do something. It's it's all there, you know, that's the scripture, that's the framework, that's the revelation. Um, And in Romans five eight, God demonstrated his love. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ took action. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He demonstrated. And God wants to demonstrate His love through us. How many believe that? God wants to demonstrate His love through you. He wants to bring His hope through you. It's like we we don't... Uh, we don't show up, we don't, we're we're absent from people's lives because we don't recognize these things and we don't act and do something to help others in our garden. So the question is, and we need to ask the Lord this, in this way, are we loving people with Jesus' love that acts and does and reaches out and goes after. Are we loving people with God's love, Jesus' love, and and where is that love? It says that when we came to Christ, He poured that love into our heart. But it's a big reservoir if we don't open the valve by getting involved with people, it's not going to anybody, do anybody out there's good. It's just, wow, God loves me. Well, that's great, but... God loves you and wants you to love others with the love that he put in your heart. So, that's a good question, isn't it? Are we loving people with Jesus' love that acts and does and reaches out and goes after? And then, how can I demonstrate your love to them, Lord, those people in my garden? How, how do you want me to love them? You want to love through me, Lord, wow. Wow. That's so, so awesome. Show me how. A lot of times it's just showing up and being led by the Spirit. I know at the, at the uh, oh, and, and I want to begin to introduce uh, Hannah at this time because Hannah, to me, has, over the years I've known her, she epitomizes uh, what we're talking about here. She has constantly, consistently gone after people at risk kids, hurting kids, people. Um, I remember when uh, in 2012 in the fall we, we rallied pe- leaders from the community, from the faith community, from the food bank, from various places uh, to come together and to, and the police department, to come together and to talk about what we can do. In the way of a homeless shelter, a cold weather shelter, and I was with Hannah for several meetings before I had my heart attack. Then I had a dropout, and she 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 was like the coordinator, and she, it was at the YMCA. She was she was assigned to that task, but let me tell you, Hannah is just amazing to me because in in the face of all these. Um, you know, when you have a, a meeting of community leaders, you get real concerns. Well, what about this? And what about if a homeless person brings a dog to the to the shelter? You know, it's like, oh, man, that's like a deal breaker. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and all these things that would be so discouraging and the costs and the insurance and cleaning everything every time. And, you know, it's like there were there were legitimate concerns, but it's like, Hannah was like water off a duck's back. It's like, yeah, we need to address these concerns, but we can do it. You know, and and she was like she was like so unflappable and and uh, just a great leader and and just has given herself through the YMCA, she's ministered to at-risk kids there and and the home uh, the cold weather shelter and now she's with Take the Next Step. And she's going to share in just a minute. but I wanted to I wanted to share that about her because she demonstrates the acting and the doing and the reaching out and the going after. people who really need help. They need love. They need hope. And uh, that's we're, we're all called. In our garden, and sometimes we, what we need to do, is we need to figure out creative ways to expand our garden. At times, now everybody's got plenty of people in our garden, but uh, for instance, uh, the bread ministry—that was an expansion of your garden, Nancy, and others who've helped out. <laughs> it's like you had a big garden already, but yeah, we we got to go out and. And really make a difference. And so the bread ministry. Bethel. Uh, ministering in practical ways. That's a great example of reaching out. And going after. And helping people with the love of Christ. There's an interesting scripture. Before I continue to develop that just a little bit. Uh, in Galatians 5.6. Here's, here's what Galatians 5.6 says. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Isn't that an amazing scripture? The only thing that really counts is faith expressing itself through love. If you have faith but don't have works and this this one uses through love and that defines what kind of works works that are motivated by love remember what Paul said the love of Christ compels me constrains me the love of Christ and um, so as we look for creative ways to expand our garden and if we don't expand our garden uh, we might be missing God because we need to be expanding our garden even if it's just a little a baby step we need to expand our garden. I remember, like with Take the Next Step, we've been involved for many years with Take the Next Step. I'm, I've am i been one of their biggest promoters with the Pastors Fellowship, with the community partners and leaders that I work with. Have you heard about Take the Next Step? No, what's that? Oh, man. <laughs> and I, I've shared for the last 10, probably 10 years about it. And... Uh, it's so exciting to see how it's developed and see when we work together as community partners we can do stuff that is so much bigger than our individual garden so there's networking and partnering and joining together with others in things bigger than us as individuals and families and even our one congregation uh we we can we can see the How, I mean, this is such a great example with Take the Next Step. This has been a big working together. And, you know, there there are what I call big expressions of God's love needed in a community. Love, unconditional, sacrificial love, agape, mercy, having mercy, mercy on people, um... And justice, and instruments, and coalitions, and networks, and programs, and joint efforts that go after those those one or all of those things are really important. Love, mercy, and justice. I first met Hannah as she was working for the YMCA. Minority Achievers Program, and so many other things there at the YMCA, the summer programs. I mean, she was so busy. And then the cold weather shelter, and now she's uh, working for Take the Next Step, and they have an incredible worker in Hannah, and I'm going to introduce her at this time. Let's welcome Hannah as she comes. Uh, see.
1: There we go. Thank you. Yes. Um Thank you so much for having me here and for saying all of that. It's embarrassing, but <laughs> Um I so Pastor Dustin originally asked me to come and share a little bit about take the next step and what we do there and how you guys can get involved and I find that kind of ironic because I feel like of all a lot of the all the things I've been involved in here in Monroe Christchurch is always involved. Like you guys are everywhere, so I find that kind of funny. But um, I definitely am happy to be here to talk about take the next step. I've I volunteered volunteered there for about six years, so I've been involved for a long time. But I just started working in January. They had a small grant, and so I'm working part time for them. Um, And so, did everybody get one of these? Our annual report. So this is kind of a lot of the stuff that we did last year, which, when you look at the numbers, is pretty amazing. Um, but it also shows a huge need, I think, just that, like, there's such a big need in the community, which is, I think, really eye-opening as well. So um, before I go over this, though, if you don't know what Take the Next Step is, um, our mission is uh, we offer friendship, help, and hope to our neighbors in need, and so that's kind of the mission of Take the Next Step. That's what we're there for. Um, our vision is that all Sky Valley residents will have access to the resources, support services, um, guidance needed to meet their basic needs and personal goals so they can live their to their full potential. So that's kind of why Take the Next Step got started. Um, it got started about 10 years ago. That's kind of, it's been going for a long time and it's grown a lot. Um, and this isn't like our official verse or anything, but exactly what Michael is talking about, um, kind of why I believe why we do what we do. We're a faith-based organization. Um, but it says a new commandment I give you, love one another and have, sorry, <laughs> love one another as I have loved you. Um, you must love one another by this. Everyone will know that you're disciples, if you love one another. And so just like you were saying, it's that faith in action. That's how, you know, people will see who Jesus is and by our love for, for each other. So that's kind of what we're about and why we do what we're doing. I take the next step, um, so, to talk a little bit about our annual report, kind of what we did last year, um, we have a lot of different programs. So, I know a lot of you are, again, already involved in some of these programs. Um, but the first one, and kind of the, the hub of where we are as a drop-in center, um, last year, um, in 2013, we had 7,159 visits. Um, and so that's not individuals, necessarily, but that if you equal that out, that's about 50 people a day that come through the drop-in center. And we're only open three days a week, a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so there's a, it just kind of shows you the need. There's a lot of people in this area that um, a lot of people come in and get a free lunch. Um, maybe they, they come in and get some other basic needs. But a lot of people just come in and hang out because it's a safe place for them to be. Um, they have friends there. Uh, so it's, that's again, just shows you a huge how much there is a need um, for that drop-in center. Um, one of the other programs that we run is Kids Club, and that's two days a week. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you help out in Kids Club, raise your hand. I know you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kids Club is an after-school program. Um, last year, we had 80, 80 students involved in it. It's uh, kindergarten through fifth grade, so it's just uh, that age group. Um, and what we do there is we really focus on academic success. Most of the kids go to Frank Wagner Elementary School, which I think it's a higher percentage, but I know at least 70% of students that go to that school are on free or reduced lunch, um, so they would be considered living in poverty. And so they don't have a lot of resources that a lot of people have. I know for myself growing up, they, they're, they're awesome people, like the coolest kids in the whole world, but they don't have a lot of the resources um, that I know I had growing up. Um, and so we really focus on a- academic success at Kids Club, but we also do a lot of life skills and Bible stories and we do fun stuff, take them on field trips. Um, you guys should talk. If you want to know more about Kids Club, talk to these girls in the back here. Yeah. They're they're always there. There's probably other people, too, that have helped out with that. But um, Kids Club is an amazing way that we can um, outreach to, especially a lot of the kids in the community um, and, and their families as well. So, Tuesdays and Thursdays. It is a tough time because it's, it's like... 3 to 5, 3.30 3 30 to 5.30. See, they know it more than I do. Um, you guys could just come up here and talk for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that's a, that's a great way to get involved. But I know, you know, time, that, that could be hard for people that have jobs at work during that time. Um, and then one of the other ones is Growing Together, which is the Teen Parenting Support Group. And I know this church is really involved in that. Is there anybody here that's involved? Yeah? A lot of people, yeah. So, um, And I know I think you guys do a, a breakfast or a, di- a lunch fundraising for, yeah, garden party. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you be- have been involved in that way. Um, but last year we had 60 people involved in that. So that includes the mentors and the moms and the children. Um, so there's a huge, huge need as well there, and that's an amazing way that we can um, support young mothers and fathers and because... Um, yeah. Um, and then meals served. So last year we had we served 11,291 meals. Um, and that includes the Tuesday night dinners. So every Tuesday night, um, there's a free dinner at the Covenant Church. Um, there's generally between 80 to 100 people that come to those dinners. Uh, I would say about a third of those people are homeless. And then the rest are people that are living from paycheck to paycheck and just need, you know, some extra help. It's always there's a lot more people... Um, towards the end of the month, at the beginning of the month. Um, and so that's a huge way that we can be present in the community. And then we also that also includes the lunches that we give out um, at the drop-in center. So every day they give out about 50 lunches. Um, so that's a lot of food. <laughs> and that's all provided by different groups in the community. Um, that's Take the Next Step doesn't purchase that food. That's all provided by different churches and groups of people that provide those dinners and those meals, so that's pretty amazing too, just to, to show how involved the community is. Um, yeah, sack lunches um, at the drop-in center, and Tuesday nights we do a hot meal. So, um, and then life skills taught. So after after Tuesday night dinners, they have classes, and those vary depending on on what they offer. But sometimes they do a WANA or not a WANA. What's the? It's like an adult. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, they do Bible studies. They do different types of classes like anger management or how to manage your checkbook, stuff like that, practical stuff that people, if they need help in that area, they can get it. Um, And so those are free, and those are offered after the Tuesday night dinners. Alpha, yes. (laughs) Yeah, they do alpha sometimes. Okay. Um, uh, We saw, for youth outreach, we saw 51 homeless um, or street-involved youth last year, and those are individuals. That's 51 different youth. Um, and when I say youth, it's probably anywhere in your teens to, to early 20s is what we kind of classify as that. Um, so those are youth that are homeless. So that gives you a good idea of how many, and I don't think we're even scratching the surface in Snohomish County of the homelessness that is here. Um, we actually have a partnership with Monroe Community Chapel, uh, Mike Lorio is one of their outreach pastors, and he works at Take the Next Step. Um, so that's really kind of a cool partnership where MCC pays half of his salary and Take the Next Step pays half, and so his purpose is really to outreach to the homeless youth. So he's there every time we're open, and he really tries to connect with um, the youth that come and uh, build relationships and and be invested in them. So that's a really cool partnership that we have with Monroe Community Chapel um, Oh, and I should say with Kids Club as well, we partner with Youth for Christ. And the same thing with that, the director, uh, Raylan, who runs Youth for Christ, or Kids Club, Youth for Christ pays half of his salary and take the next step, pays half. um, Because we couldn't afford to do that on our own. So partnering with other organizations and churches and stuff allows us to do that, which is really awesome. Um, Yeah, and so then the cold weather shelter, like you mentioned, last year was our second year. Um, we had 168 visits, so I think individually, we had about 26 different people that used it, um, and a lot of them used it a lot. We were open a lot this this winter. It was really cold at times, um, so that is a huge way. Take the next step overseas, the cold-weather shelter. Um, there's a group of citizens that kind of put that together and run it, and volunteers that run it. We had 50 volunteers, I think, from the community, so that, again, is pretty amazing, um, Collaborations. I kind of touched on that. We we partnered with over 42 different churches and organizations last year. Um, Youth for Christ and Monroe Community Chapel are two of our kind of formal ones in that in that big partnership sense. But so many others, and especially Christ Church and a lot of other organizations, have helped out. Um, I like to say that taking the next step is it's really for the community by the community. Like there's we have five part time staff, but it's really. Um, Kind of on there, it says, we had 190 volunteers last year, which is amazing. We couldn't do that um, on our own. There's no way. So, and that, co- there's 11,400 volunteer hours. Is, and that's probably a low number because not everything gets documented all the time. So, just a, it's a lot of hours that people put in last year alone. So, um, just a little more on that, just kind of how we do what we do. Um, if you want to go to the next slide. Like I said, the biggest, the biggest way that we're able to survive is we have donors. On the back of that annual report, there's a little graph. Um, over 75% of our donations are from individual churches and organizations. And so that's really how we are able to have those staff. Um, and with those five part-time staff, being able to coordinate those 190 volunteers um, and the 11,000 hours. So that's really kind of what makes it possible. And kind of a cool fact that they, um, I'm not into math, so this is, I don't know how they figured this out, but basically last year it says we had, um, we got about $75,000 in donations for Take the Next Step. Um, And if you add up all of like the in-kind value of all of the volunteers and all the in-kind donations, that's about over almost $400,000 worth. Um, And so if you do some math, which again, I'm not good at, but basically a dollar donated to take the next step turns into $6.77 on the front, which is kind of amazing through all the volunteer manpower and stuff that goes back out into the community. Um, so it's pretty amazing what we can do together. I just, I find that really kind of, again, I don't understand it because it's math, but <laughs> but <laughs> but it's amazing to me. So, yeah, um, so that's kind of the annual report. Um, how are we doing on time? Yeah, answer, so. Cool. That works. And, and I, okay. I thought about, so Pastor Michael asked me to share some stories. Um, I think there's people probably in this room that could share better stories than me. And I always have a hard time sharing other people's stories because I feel like I can't, I can't do them justice. I could share my own story. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. But do you want to do questions first? or? Share okay. Well, I just wanted to share kind of how I got involved in this. Um, I grew up in a Christian home here in Monroe. And so I've always, I always kind of considered myself a Christian and believed in God. But I don't think it really meant a lot to me. Um, When I was 20 years old, I was going to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, I I don't know. I don't want to be a doctor or anything like that. I wanted to be a rock star, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, So I heard about a church I was going to at the time. Um, I heard about this nonprofit organization in Canada, in Toronto, that needed people to come work with youth. And so I was like, why not? I'm not doing anything. Um, and so it's this little inner-city ministry called Urban Promise. So I ended up going there, which I think was totally God that, that made that happen. Um, I ended up going there, staying for two years in an internship. And basically, we just really worked with youth in the inner-city, um, in the government housing projects. And that just really opened my eyes um, to a lot of the poverty and injustice in the world because I grew up pretty privileged here um, and, again, a good family. And so it was just really eye-opening to me to see how much injustice and suffering there was in the world. And that really gave me a heart for people. But then also seeing the people there that—the staff there at that nonprofit that really were basically giving up their lives— and just really serving God in a real way, and so that's what really made it real for me, was service to others, and just saying, you know, this is something I care about, and this is a God that I want to serve, because of, because he loves people, he loves me, and this is what it looks like, it's like, like the song was saying, bringing the kingdom, um, that good news to people, so that's kind of where it started, and then I started working at the Y, and just getting more and more involved with youth and the community, Um, and yeah, I just, that's, that's kind of my story, it's, A lot more, you know, that's very brief, um, but that's really working with this population and working in Monroe has really um, challenged and grown my faith in God and who God is and what that means and how you live that out. Um, So I guess I would just encourage anybody to, again, like Michael already said, to, to, to get involved and to, you know, you might not know what that looks like and it might totally change down the road. I never thought I would be doing this or working with youth or homeless or anything like that. Um, and so it could be something totally different than what you think it is. But that's, if you get involved and just take that step in the first place, that can make all the difference. That, so. That's
0: it. If you step through the door, there, it'll lead to many other doors. And that's what's happened. I've seen it in here. Just stay right there with the microphone. Questions? Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to just uh, ask the first question. Um, before we ask a question, I wanted to share that take the next step. And Hannah, you're involved with the amazing alliance, aren't you, with the soccer camp? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. So there's another example. And in the month of July, we have a real opportunity to be partners with Take the Next Step, the Monroe Police, uh, Peace Lutheran, St. Mary's, Knights of Columbus, uh, the school district, and many other community partners, Familias Unidas, uh, in, in their soccer VBS uh, to reach the that area of Blueberry Lane, Saint Mary's Peace Lutheran. Uh, that week of the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth is the the uh, is the amazing alliance. I call it. That's not the actual name, but I call it the amazing alliance. I like that soccer camp. And then uh, at the end of July, uh, we are doing our adventure soccer camp at the Lake Tie Field. That field that we had, I think, last year, and so those are great opportunities to help in everything from refreshments to uh, actual uh, helping with the soccer and everything. And um, that's just another example of how, I mean, what she shared is just just scratches the surface of all the stuff that God is doing uh, in this community, and it's baby steps. Uh, stepping out in in one area to expand your garden. So, here's the first question. I'll give it to you. And you guys think of some more questions for Hannah. Um, One of the challenges that I know Take the Next Step personnel have is how do you help someone who... Who has failed so often and so much, and are so hopeless? You know, it's like something. It can be discouraging. It can be um, exasperating. Whatever.
1: I think it's all about relationships. So it's you can't you can't expect to fix people. Like that's something God does, and that's something a lot of times that they have to do. Um, but. they need need support, they need friendship, they need connection. Um, And so just being a friend of somebody, just knowing their name can give them hope. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can't necessarily fix a lot of people. Um, I wish I could. I wish I could (laughs) fix all sorts of things, but that's not for me to do. Um, So, yeah, I think just being a support to people. I think a lot of people have no hope because they think they're hopeless and they have no friends. And Mm -hmm. so I think just recognizing people and knowing people, can go a long way so i think it's about relationships
0: i agree 100% Hannah. and i would just add to that what i've seen in the people who work at next step mike lorio and and so many of the others is that they're passionate they communicate the love of christ and which opens up people relationships true relationship true love and concern about what's happening in What's going on in your life as 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 they are tenacious in loving and in and in challenging the hopeless mentality? No, because through relationships and through Christ in us, we impart things, the right stuff to people so that they begin to have hope. And I think all of us are able to do that because Christ in you, the hope of glory Okay, another couple questions for Hannah. Tim, do you guys take donations other than cash donations? Do you have space for stuff clothing, or do you take that from other
1: parts, other We we take some clothing, but we're trying to move away with that because move away from that because there are other places that that can provide that and we don't have a lot of space and so that does take up a lot of space. So, um, so there, there is in-kind stuff that we need here and there, um, but a lot of people unfortunately will just come and drop off their clothing on the step, which we don't want because a lot of times it isn't it isn't helpful, it isn't great, but nice clothing, especially like warm coats and shoes and stuff like that is really helpful, um, but we don't always have a lot of storage room for it. So, so we definitely do, and like all of our food and stuff is donated, so that stuff is huge. Um, we just have to go about it a certain way. So if that's something people are interested in, donating, you know, good clothing. Um, I'd love to talk to you about that. But at the same time, it's hard because, yeah, we, it's yeah. a pretty small the, place that we have.
0: Especially so, in the winter, the cold-weather shelter. Yeah. That
1: yeah.
0: that was such a blessing. How many read the, the um, city servant's story that we published in about that, one A Night in the Homeless?
2: And, like,
1: tents shelter. are really helpful. It's good to have cold tents because a lot of times um, people want a tent and that can, that can oh. be huge so so stuff like that like certain things are really helpful <laughs> depending on what it is <laughs> so, all
0: right yeah yes ken g
1: yeah yeah um there's actually a lot the ymca has some good programs I also am interning with Youth for Christ, and we, are, we match up mentors with uh, kids in Denny Detention Center, um, so kids coming out of the drug courts need mentors. Um, so there are a lot of mentoring opportunities, and we don't have a formal mentoring program at Take the Next Step, but I know that we want to get into one of those with the youth program, and Mike Lorio is actually kind of in the works of trying to start a formal mentoring program, so it's not officially yet, but there, there is an opportunity, but there are a lot of other places Um, that you could mentor through that do have formal programs.
0: Jake. Good and loud.
1: Yeah, and so that's kind of at the drop-in center. What we really try to do is refer people to WorkSource and some of those programs out there that are really, really good um, to get them, that kind of stuff, because that is one of the biggest needs is housing and jobs, and a lot of times people don't have the skills, and so how do we get them there? Um, so that's kind of what we try to do. That's what Janice, the director, does, is she works with people to to get those types of things, because that's really our ultimate goal is to get people where they can be able to sustain themselves. So. But we always are, you know, if, if you know people that have a business or um, something like that that could hire people or, you know, some, like, let us know because that's something we're always looking for to work with, you know, places here in Monroe, um, that's a great opportunity as well. So
0: Good. Maybe I could stay here. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask uh, those who work at Kids Club, do you want to say anything at all about, like, the effectiveness of it or what it what it is or... Just a couple sentences is fine. Anybody? We we appreciate you being there. I I know Raylan is just he's the neatest guy, uh, and he he's kind of the director of that. Okay, you have your spokesman. I see. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Yeah. Right. What, what, what do you do,
2: you you do? <laughs> all right well um kids club is just kind of like she said from kindergarten to fifth grade and the kids just come after school and it's a really like fun place for them like they have a lot of fun there but we also do um we help them with homework and then during the summer we um keep them up on their math and reading because that's wow. really what helps them get through school and all that and uh Raylan heads it up, Raylan Lucy, and he's super cool. And he actually meets with some of their teachers to figure out, like, what they need help with. And then we um, help implement that there. And we have a lot of um, high school volunteers, which is really great because the kids really connect with them really well. So that's really awesome. <laughs> and... That yeah. was well done, you supplies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah.
0: uh, well
2: um, let's see. Yeah, I'd have to talk to Raylan, but I'd say that like um, we do, uh, it's called Kids Club Achievers, and they like the kids that are showing like respect and leadership and honor and all that. They get to be um, these achievers for a month, and they get to do special things, and they get special prizes. So, I mean, like those are always good. And
0: so maybe w- you can check with Raylan yeah, and then get check back you know. to us, and we'll we'll let everybody know. Yeah, cool. Did you want to add something? Okay. <laughs> So Bruce, are you queued up to do the uh, the same song the YouTube as we as we conclude in a minute? I just want to give you a heads up uh, Bonnie has a question oh, statement just say it statement
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, personally know someone who took full advantage of take the next step, and it truly is hope for the hopeless. And she's full-time employed, has her own apartment, and is doing well. Hmm. Has her son back in her custody and is doing well.
0: That says it all. Anybody else? Another question? Well, we are going to pray. and uh, Let's pray for Hannah. Maybe anybody who feels a response to come up and lay hands on Hannah, maybe a youth or two, and some people, older people, all ages, anyone? Let's pray for Hannah. She's worthy of our prayers. She's in a strategic place, and I'm sure she could get weary and well-doing, and that's all right. We'll we'll, we'll scrum here. Come on. Get in there in that scrum. That's it. That's it. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for Hannah. We thank you that you have selected Hannah to be such a a focal point and a channel of your love and of focusing other people into loving. Lord, we pray that you will be strengthened and encouraged, envisioned, that you give her strength from day to day to do the work that she's doing. Refresh her, we pray. And continue to use, take the next step. And we don't take for granted the unity in our community that allows so many organizations to unselfishly support uh, another organization and not be threatened or whatever. There's no competition. And we thank you, God, for that atmosphere. We pray for that atmosphere to continue. And we pray that you would enlarge all of our gardens And continue to enlarge Hannah's heart and her garden. In Jesus' name, amen.